This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind. This is a podcast all about perinatal mental health and wellness, related to conception, pregnancy, birth, loss, postpartum, and new parenthood. But more than that, we aim to deepen our truths, shed light on real issues, speak about our pain, feel understood, and offer a path to healing. We raise the volume on these topics in hopes that someday everyone will have the support and information that they deserve before they need it. Please note this podcast is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm really happy to be back with you after a short break. I took a little time off of the podcast for several weeks to get some rest and focus on family for a bit. In the meantime, I've been doing some deep thinking about the podcast and perinatal mental health in general and how to continue the movement forward specifically through our neck of the woods here on the podcast. I really believe and deeply feel that more information and awareness and support really need to get to mothers and families. And more specifically, I think that we can really improve our efforts at prevention. And I'm hopeful to have that reflected in the podcast this year. Just really asking the question, how can we improve the lives of mothers, fathers, babies, couples? It's a complicated issue or set of issues. There's multiple things involved. There's, of course, prevention, which I hope to discuss more in the podcast this year. There's really understanding what's going on during this period of time and helping doctors and medical providers and anyone really who touches pregnant or postpartum women to have the training that they need to understand it. There's societal issues, cultural issues, systemic issues that are all impacting birth and pregnancy and postpartum. So, you know, we're still going to aim to address any and all of these issues here. One of the things I see in particular is something that happens internally for the mother or father or whoever is suffering during the postpartum. It's often something that we don't see and it's often something that they don't talk about. And, not to be vague, but it's something that we all contribute to as a society. I think we really need to change our culture of perfection or nothing and into a culture of compassion and flexibility. I really think this is a key to combat stigma and guilt and shame and all of these unseen forces on mothers and families that they end up processing internally. 
So I'm going to narrow it down a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about developing self-compassion and how others can be more compassionate towards those who are suffering or struggling. So shorthand, if you're in it, if you're in the thick of it, be kind to yourself and allow for learning to happen. If you're not in it, you're on the outside looking in, listen, be kind to the person who is struggling and allow you both to learn. The goal really is to combat those ugly guilt, shame thoughts, and ultimately depression and anxiety and all of the other mood changes that can come with new parenthood and in this whole transition. So what am I even talking about? Why do we even need to do this, this compassion thing? You tell me if this sounds familiar. As a person who's struggling, these are the internal thoughts. I'm not doing it right. What's wrong with me? I should be able to handle this. I am not a good mom. I am a bad parent. Or if you're the person on the outside looking in, why can't she just snap out of it? She just had a baby. She's supposed to be happy. What is wrong with her? She really needs to pull it together. Yikes, right? I mean, all of that. Yikes. It's painful. It hurts. So for those who are struggling, let's start off with building some awareness. How do these thoughts even start up for you, the negative thoughts? Let's really think about it. And what I think is absolutely critical when we are thinking about how we feel and why our thoughts are kind of negative is to add context. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. To our scenario. So right, when you are in the throes of feeling like I'm a bad mom, I don't know what I'm doing, usually they're just like free for all feelings. And we leave the context out. We leave the context out of why we feel the way we feel. Well, here's one scenario. Baby is crying. You've tried all the things. Fed, changed, burped, clothes changed, 
gas drops, whatever, tummy time, back time, whatever. Still crying, baby's still crying. And we all feel the stress of this in some way. We've kind of all been there if you've had a baby and this stuff happens. But at what point do you start to feel the stress of this? When do your thoughts start to become more negative, more self-judgmental? And what are they saying? When this is happening, when do you start to feel worse? When do you start to notice the guilt and shame come up? And what's going on around you, right? So at this point, if you're in the scenario where you're stressed out, all of these things are happening, you just start feeling and potentially becoming overwhelmed. But what's the backdrop to all of this? You haven't slept in a while, let's say, which is pretty common. You haven't slept in a while. Maybe you haven't even eaten yet today. You are overloaded by dealing with, you know, maybe your kid is sick. It it doesn't matter necessarily what details are in there, but I think it's really important to remember the context. And one of those contexts is that you have a baby and maybe this is brand new, or maybe you have two babies and that's brand new. So context, context, context. What is contributing to how you feel? This is part of building our awareness of our sense of feelings. So it's really worth taking stock of all of this. Most of the time, as I said, we are just along for the emotional upheavals. It's happening and we are responding. The feelings are coming and it just feels like rapid fire on some level that it's just coming and there's not a whole lot that we can do to do anything. We're just experiencing it. Okay, so part of the benefit of noticing this pattern for ourselves is that we become aware. We become aware of what happens when we are stressed out. And in very in particular, when this is happening during pregnancy or postpartum, there's usually a number of things that will consistently lead to higher levels of stress. So what are those things? I will put on your list already sleep deprivation. That's gonna be there. But what awareness does for us is it allows us an option. Instead of us just responding and reacting and being on the ride of our roller coaster of emotions, we develop the awareness and we can give the context to say, okay, this is what's happening. This is happening now. I understand why. And I'm speaking very rationally. That might not be how it sounds in your head when you're in it, but it gives you an option, an option to change, an option to change what you are doing and how you're reacting. And I'll get to this in a minute, but it it takes a while to get there to the point where you can react and respond differently in the moment. That takes time. I'll just say that when things are really difficult in depression and anxiety and whatever else is going on in terms of mental health, the negative thoughts and feelings just come sometimes. It's not always clear why. It's not that you will always be able to fully fill in the context of why things are happening the way they are. Maybe later you can, but certainly not in the moment always. But how we respond to our thoughts and our feelings is where we have the option to choose. So let's go back to what you're saying about yourself in those moments. I'm not doing it right. What's wrong with me? I should be able to handle this. I'm not a good parent. And when we are overwhelmed, tired, exhausted, etc., this all feels so true. But let's do a little thought exercise or two. One, let's pretend that you are feeling and thinking all of these things about yourself and your best friend comes to you and says, you know what? You're right. You do suck. You're not doing it right and you're not a good parent. So just take a minute 
and see what is your reaction to that. Either one, you feel so badly about yourself and your situation that it makes sense that they are saying that. They're like confirming what you already know and what you already feel. Or two, you're kind of mad. Or maybe you are mad. You're like, how rude. I can't believe that you just said that to me. Okay, so just let that sit in there for a second. Second thought exercise. Your best friend comes to you. This is somebody that you love dearly. And they tell you how horrible they feel. That they're not doing it right. They say, what's wrong with me? I am not a good parent. I don't know what I'm doing. What do you say to them? Do you say, uh, yeah, hey, uh, I've been meaning to tell you that you're a horrible mother. All that stuff you think about yourself is spot on. Would you say that? I bet you wouldn't. But why wouldn't you say that? Why wouldn't you say that to somebody who's having a hard time? One, because it's mean. And two, because it's not true. When you're on the outside looking in and you're in a space of compassion, you're able to be supportive, you would know that the person who has those feelings about themselves and are expressing that to you, you would already know that that the things they're saying about themselves is not true. It's based on how they're feeling and all these other factors that may be all that context we talked about that may be contributing to how they feel. So if somebody said these things to you, you're a bad mom, you don't know what you're doing, and you wouldn't say it to somebody that you love, why do we do this to ourselves? Part of the problem is that when we are in our heads so much, and if in particular, if these are things you've been saying to yourself for a long time, it just all seems true in there. Your brain has free reign. It's just going off and saying all this horrible stuff. Well, it's not true. I can tell you that right now. It's a product of stress, sleep deprivation, being unsure of ourselves, which is fine, by the way. It's okay to be unsure of yourself, especially in a new job, being a new parent, having new demands on your time and energy, and really so much more. I urge that if or when you hear this negative self-blaming talk and mean things, to notice it. Notice that it's happening. That's part of this One of the first steps of awareness is just allowing yourself to notice and taking yourself off the ride of those feelings and thoughts. You're going to be an observer to notice that it's happening and give yourself the grace that you would give your best friend or someone you love a whole lot. Here's an example of what that could sound like. You're going through a lot right now. It makes sense that you would feel overwhelmed. You're tired and overloaded and I understand why you feel bad but you're not a bad mom. You're not a bad person. You're doing so much great stuff for yourself, for your baby and for your family, and we will totally get through this. That's just one example of what it could sound like. It might sound very different for you, but how much better is that? I mean, way better. I'll just answer myself. It's way better. It's better to come with compassion and understanding and acceptance than it is to come with judgment and harshness and meanness. I think using this as a way to cope, it takes practice. It takes time. At first, you may not even notice your own thought process until you're way deep in the goo of it. But as you grow your awareness, you practice compassion and catch those feelings earlier and earlier, the better off you'll be. And I can tell you that it's true because I've seen it with my own eyes. Be helpful to people. And I also use it for myself. I'm not telling you something that I don't try and work on myself. 
So I'm going to switch gears a little bit to just give some shorthand ideas for other people to develop a more compassionate approach and understanding to perinatal moms and dads who are having a hard time. So first off, hi others, others who are not currently suffering or struggling. I'm glad you're here listening. This is part of your steps of compassion. And if you didn't care, you wouldn't be here listening. So I'm just going to give some shorthand ideas on what gets in the way of supporting compassion. One of the things that gets in the way of compassionate understanding is, you know, please know that whoever is suffering has not chosen this. They did not wake up and decide to cry all day. They did not one day decide to be anxious, so anxious that they can't leave the house. They absolutely did not want to feel this way with a newborn around. They thought they would feel much differently than they do. So this is absolutely, if they're suffering, this is not a choice, just like diabetes or cancer or other health conditions are not a choice. This is something that's happening to them and something that they need help and support and healing through. And part of the reason why I bring this up is that when there's misunderstanding of what's going on, it can often feel, especially when it's related to mental health, it can often feel like, well, you know, they should just be able to snap out of it. So that's one point. Another challenge, I think, for people on the outside is just not having the information, not having enough understanding of what's going on. So if your partner or friend is going through this or family member is going through this, part of being compassionate is just listening, listening to them. Even if you don't understand it, really, and even if you don't believe it, that's fine, too, on some level right now. Just listening can be so supportive and can help you develop your compassion for what they're going through. Then I would suggest to go and read up about what they're telling you. Like every person's experience is going to be different in terms of what they're going through. So they may say, hey, I'm having intrusive thoughts. And you're like, what in the world is an intrusive thought? You can go look that kind of stuff up. Or if they're telling you they're depressed or sad, they might not say the word depressed. They might say sad. They might say they feel useless. They don't know what they're doing or they're so worried they can't stop walking around the house and cleaning. Just check it out. Check out some information. Go on Google, which is not always the best place, but for this, it is. can give some good information. But going to places like Postpartum Support International or any of the amazing organizations that support perinatal mental health is a great way to learn and also to get support yourself, too. It's really confusing when you don't know what's going on. And it leads to a lot of misunderstanding. So one of the ways to bridge that is to read up. One more thought is to know that healing and healing through this in particular, perinatal mood and anxiety, is a healing process. And it usually takes more than just one thing to get better. So for instance, you know, I hear a lot that perinatal women are telling me that, oh, people are telling me to just go for a walk and I'll feel better. Well, it doesn't really work like that. So they can't just go for a walk and feel better. They can't just take a nap and snap out of it. It takes time and support to heal. And this is actually where you have a lot of power to help heal. When you step in with some understanding and patience, it can be really healing for the other person. And then you can be connected with them. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back. 
with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts, starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking It. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. You actually get to be a part of them getting back to themselves. And since everyone is different, I can't tell you what to do, but I can say, just take a deep breath, ask your loved one how you can help them. Ask them if they need to talk. Ask them if, you know, they need to take a nap and you can take care of the kiddo or something like that. But it's about taking a step towards them. Sometimes when we don't understand what's going on, we take a step away. And really perinatal folks, uh, people who are having a hard time are often feeling like alone anyways. So taking a step towards them can be really healing actually for both of you. And in terms of healing, you know, it's like it can be very confusing or frustrating in terms of why can't they just get better? I'll give you like a bit of an analogy. So let's say you broke your leg, which is a major injury. You would maybe have to go to the hospital. You'd have to get your bones reset. You'd be in a cast for a while, probably, you know, on the couch for a long time. You'd have a hard time getting around. Weeks go by like that, and slowly the bone is healing, but you still can't walk on it. You have crutches and whatnot. But there's a process happening. The bones are healing. And then you take the cast off. Maybe you get a softer cast or some kind of other boot to wear. And you can walk on it, but slowly. You still have to use the supportive crutches and all of that. And then at some point, all that comes off, and you go to physical therapy. And you work slowly to get your range of motion back to be able to walk on it. And then over time, you're able to walk just fine, but you can't quite run yet. And then still more time and healing happens until the point where you're back to normal. The healing process for perinatal mental health issues is very similar. It's like an injury that takes time to heal. And there's usually multiple things that can help. And one of them is you. 
Lastly, if you can for a moment, try to understand that it may be hard for the other person to tell you what's going on. They might not even know how to put it into words. You know, it's very confusing to the person who's suffering to understand and comprehend why they feel the way they feel. And oftentimes they can't put words to it. And sometimes that's frustrating for partners or family members. But I would urge you that this is not the time to check out and say, well, I asked them how they were doing and they couldn't tell me. So, you know, and then just drop it. Usually this is a mother or father who've been through some really difficult things, maybe a traumatic birth or a difficult pregnancy. They're having depression or anxiety. This is kind of the time to say, you know, if they're not able to speak or tell you what's going on, this is the time to say something like, hey, I'm not sure what you need or what's going on, but I'm here for you whenever. This is actually a golden ticket. You don't need to know how to fix it. You just have to show up and that can be so supportive. So I'm going to wrap up there and I'm going to be a little bit optimistic in my thinking here. You know, like how much better would the whole world be if we could all do this for ourselves and each other? It's a powerful tool. It's hard to do sometimes to have self-compassion and have compassion for other people, especially when you don't know what's going on for yourself. They don't know what's going on for you. It's all very confusing. But if you can take those steps back, try and be comfortable with not knowing which is so hard to do, but still take a step towards each other. Take a step towards yourself if you're the person who's suffering and treat yourselves like you would treat someone you love. All right, guys, thanks for listening in. I really hope this gives you a tool or two in coping and healing through the yuck and getting back to the good. And for this and all episodes of Mom and Mind, please find us at www.momandmind.com. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today. Our hope is that you leave here feeling heard, understood, and hopeful. Please share this podcast. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Mom and Mind. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.